Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Parazuski, a functional fitness expert and holistic health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness franchises across the U.S. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I am joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. She has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. Together, we bring you Alkaline Unplugged, a collection of conversations on a whole host of topics, from experts in the health and wellness field to the real, raw, and human stories of people like you and me. We look forward to bringing you content that will nourish your mind, body, and soul. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to your comments and feedback. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. As a disclaimer, neither Kathy nor I are licensed medical professionals. The materials and content in this podcast are intended to be general information and are not to be considered a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hi, and welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. That's kind of a tongue twister. Today, I have the distinct honor of interviewing my podcast co-host, Miss Kathy Purnell. Hey, Erin. Welcome, Kathy. This is kind of like intimate. Just the just the two of two us, us in the closet. The two of us in my closet instead of the two of us in some random person that's never been to my house or in my closet. <laughs> and I'm kind of used to giving the questions versus answering the questions. So this will be interesting. I'm going to try and keep it G-rated. Don't worry. You'll still get to talk. So that should be in oh, your comfort zone. In my wheelhouse. Um, well, this is exciting. So let's see. We're probably on our... 12th ish podcast. I feel mm-hmm. like it's pretty amazing. Like, cool. Isn't it cool to like talk to all these it's people? It's so fun. And- we have the most interesting clients and friends that um, we've had the privilege of getting to interview. It's fun. Yeah. It's just such a cool community. And we have a long list of people that we have yet to interview. So stay tuned. We've got many more episodes coming your way. Kelly Ripa, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Oprah. Oh, wait, that was just in our <laughs> dreams. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a dream. I told you I had a dream. I met Kelly Ripa in a swimming pool in Singapore and, yeah, asked her if she wanted to teach at Alkaline. So there's that. Kelly, if you're listening, <laughs> and we know you are. I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm who's, not, who's not listening to our podcast? True. Um, okay, so this is sort of like role reversal. I get to ask you some questions. This is fun. Um, okay. Kathy, I've known you how many years? Eight. Eight years. I've been been teaching for seven. Okay. How did you first stumble upon the studio? Well, almost literally stumbling upon because I had been running marathons and I had just completed my second um, Boston Marathon and blew out my IT band and could literally could not run. And um, I thought I'm Were you be- limping? Were you could you walk? Oh no, I finished the race, but okay. then actually What year to- was that? I, I'm not good at math. So um, <laughs> two thousand ten. So right after that Boston marathon was I it, so that's in April. Yes. Had I just had a baby when you met me? I hadn't started taking class yet. This was this was oh, right okay. at the onset of the injury. So I ran the Boston Marathon and then my running partner and I joined a relay group to do the big Sur marathon as a relay. So we only ran, you know, two legs. I think there were four of us. So we each ran two legs of that, but the slope of that 
particular run further aggravated my ATBN. So after that run, I literally could not bear weight on my left leg. It hurt so bad. And I kept thinking, oh, you know, I'll rest a few days and then I'll get right back out there. Well, there, there was no getting right back out there. So I sought physical therapy, discovered that I had imbalance in my quadricep muscles, virtually no abductor adductors firing, you know, just things were not working. Did they assess like core strength or anything like that? Not really. It Do you was, feel like you had, were you doing any cross training at no, that point? Zero. And I was also not doing anything to promote flexibility or mobility. I was simply running. Yeah. So that was like my style. I'm like, I have 45 minutes. I'm going to run for 45 right. minutes. Why would you run for 40 and stretch for five? Right. No way. Waste of time. I've now, you know, no more and I'm wiser. So that's a good thing. Anyway, so I couldn't run and I thought I'm going to lose my mind. Somebody's going to have to put me on Prozac. I seriously felt so depressed because I couldn't do what I love to do. My friend Eileen Phelps, shout out to her, who's a client at Alkaline, said, hey, you know, I'm doing this new class. It's called, uh, you know, it's really great. It's a full body workout. I think you're going to love it. And so I went with her and became addicted. And not what only was your, what was your first, did you like it after your first class or were you like a little bit hesitant to, did you want to oh, like it? Oh, I wanted to like it, but that's a great question. And so, and this is something I think about every time I have a new client walk in the door. I was intimidated. I think I might have shown up in running shorts and I tanked up like I was just going to go for a run. I didn't really understand the whole, you know. Yeah, and your knee socks, probably. Not knee socks. (laughs) This was not in 1970. No, no knee socks. And rollerblades. No. (laughs) No. But I showed up and I felt like, here I am, somebody who, at the time I thought, I am fit. I just ran a marathon. I should be able to do this. And I could not hold position in quad work. I couldn't touch my toes to save my life. And when we went to do bar stretch, I was like, you want me to put my foot where? Like that was just not even going to be a thing. Did you stand at the front or the back? I was in the back corner. Yeah. Back corner. Yes. That's back where all corner. new people go. Like I, I, yeah. I wanted to disappear and it was very humbling. And, you know, I constantly had to remind myself to take a beginner's mindset and that, you know, like anything, it just takes time. Well, fortunately, it didn't take me long to really fall in love with what I was doing. And I, it allowed me to rehab what was happening with my IT band and then actually get back out there running. How long but, did that take? Um, a few months. I would say it was probably three months before. But you I were could, doing something in the meantime and not going something. crazy, like sitting on your Absolutely. Couch. Plus I got to meet some really incredible, not only instructors, but the community, the clients, most of whom are still clients there, which is great. So fell in love with it, just became a total junkie. And then I saw a note up in the studio that they needed front desk help. And I thought, okay, this is good. I think I'll do that. So I started at the front desk. You're a dynamo, the front desk. Well, I like, I like to chat. So that's always (laughs) a good thing. You know, if somebody would walk in the door, I'd be the first one to welcome them and to say hello and give them my spiel on what the studio had to offer. Um, And then Aaron asked me, to become an instructor. And I, at the time I was 49 years old and I thought, is she kidding? Like, is this a joke? I'll be the world's oldest instructor, which I still claim I am, which is <laughs> awesome. So anyway, I, um, you know, came home and I talked to my family and, um, said, do you think I should do this? And meanwhile, concurrently at the time, my husband and I had been in and out of therapy. And I had remembered one thing the therapist said to me as I was looking at my girls and and their growth and how old they were getting. And she said, Hey, it's 
going to be really important when your girls, you know, start to go to high school and then go on to college that you have something for you. Because up until that point, I was pretty much a full-time stay-at-home mom, working my my ass off doing that, but, and enjoying every second, but also seeing the, um, what was to come in terms of, you know, what was I going to do once they were all gone and I no longer had to pack lunches and drive them to school. So I thought, oh, well, this is presenting itself nicely. And, you know, I, I am not, I would say I'm kind of an introvert, which is probably strike, you know, would strike people as odd. I, I definitely need that time alone to recharge my batteries, but I also was a special ed teacher before I had my children. And so was used to being in front of people and, you know, teaching and love that. I love nothing more than watching people have those aha moments, whether it's in the classroom or in the studio. So it seemed like a natural fit. So I said, yes. Um, and I had my family's a hundred percent backing on that. My, my kids came to my mocks, my husband came to the mocks and that was back in the day where we would march at the warm up And, you know, when you're marching, you're, it's your, opposing limbs moving and my husband always did the same limbs moving which at one point I thought I'm gonna have to ask him to stop coming because it's throwing me off but I thought okay work through it Kathy it's always fun trying to teach your husband or your spouse anything from alkaline to skiing it's like yeah just but he likes it he likes it in fact at the beginning he didn't like cardio so much he he liked our the align class more and now I think he would say he likes cardio more which is He's developed a growth mindset too. And my girls have, you know, watched me grow from being a client to being an instructor. And um, I I talk to Erin about this often that I think, and I talk to our clients about it as well, when we're talking about taking time to work out and taking time for yourself, that you're actually modeling to your kids good, healthy behavior in terms of having something for yourself, taking care of your own physical well-being. So anyway, I think I, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back. It just, maybe it was selfish. I was, you know, wanting to do these things for myself, but I also think it demonstrated to them the importance of, you know, having something for yourself and also just how awesome exercise in general is. Now all three of my girls run and my oldest daughter is also a fitness instructor and um, following in your footsteps and a teacher and a teacher too. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool, um, to, you know, to, to, to model, not just your, you know, love of healthcare and, and self-care and healthcare and, but also so cool for your girls to see you take on something like when, at their age, right? Because I think a lot of what I mean, kind of a the the a lot of a popular pattern um, or common pattern is, you know, women have a career and then a lot of women choose to stay home and raise the family and then they're just forever seen as mom, mom. which is the most important job in the world and also probably the most thankless job in the world. And for them to see you, like what you modeled and being able to take on something that was like scary and outside of your comfort zone and at an age where they could really remember that, because I, I know so many women who have had these like amazing careers and once they stop working, it's like their whole family is like, oh, what you used to do? My mother included. She had, she was a um, buyer for Bonwit Teller in New York and 
Grace Kelly was one of her clients and like she But you never knew that. No, and I've never as, you know, a child or an adult ever seen her with an identity outside of being my mother, which she was a great she is a great mom. Um but just a different perspective. Whereas like if you ask my kids what it what you know, what does your mom do? They're like, Oh, she owns alkaline and she helps people feel better or whatever. Yeah. And I that for me that's really inspiring and I think it's really cool that your girls you know see you and, and they like- also saw me struggle it was not easy I, I rem- you know when Erin asked if I would take this on there was a part of me who thought I've taken enough classes that I feel like I know what the instructor is going to say next so how hard can this be well let me just tell you it's hard and I do remember when I was first teaching, I was new on the schedule and I, I feel like maybe the class didn't feel that great to me. But anyway, this one client said to me, the male client, John said to me, wait, you, you have to remember everything you're saying. And I said, <laughs> yes, I do. He said, for some reason, I thought maybe you had something in your ear. That was, <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding? No, I have to, first of all, who who could who could remember to tell the funny jokes that I do? There's nobody in my ear telling me to say that. That's all mine, John. That is all (laughs) mine. But, um, so my kids got to see me, um, you know, kind of struggle through at times. I felt like I was kind of limping through and they were there to encourage me. But also I think it's important to see that, you know, when you first start to do something, it's, it's not always easy. It's not always flawless. It doesn't always look good. Um, my girls are the first to give me feedback on a playlist. The time I had, blow my whistle as my arm works on <laughs> and my, the look of horror on my daughter's face. She was in high school at the time. And she looked at me and she, she said, mom, you can't have that in your playlist. I said, why? I had, I wasn't listening to the lyrics. I really <laughs> put it all together, but it's very inappropriate. So needless to say, I removed that from the playlist, but those kids keep you in check. They, they? they do. They keep yes. me in check. Like I'll say after class, Abby, was I too chatty? And she'll give me the real deal. Like today was better. Yesterday you were too chatty. It's good. Like I need that. I'm, you know, I'm a growth minded person. I always, if you're ever in my class and I ask for feedback, I'm not just saying that because it's what I say at the end of the class. I really do want the feedback. And that doesn't mean, Kathy, that was a great class. If you say your counting was off or I thought quad work was a little too long. I want to hear those things. So anyway, Um, growth. I just, uh, yeah. I think it's, you can teach an old dog new tricks. That should be the title of this podcast. Old dog. (laughs) Kathy, arrow, old dog. Alkaline equals new tricks. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Kathy. I think it's also um, cool, like just to share and important to share this because I think, um, you know, you've also run our training program for many years and um until recently you're semi-retired but you know I think it might maybe get you back at some point but um being involved in the training process you know that when new you know you're talking about new clients but when new instructors come in I think it's very intimidating because all they see is what they know now and I was sharing with um an instructor in training actually just this morning about a couple of stories about how, you know, some of us, myself included have really, you know, struggled with this. Like when I opened this business, I did not think, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to crush it in the teaching department. I thought, Oh, I know how to run a business. My background's in business. And I guess I'll learn how to be an okay instructor. Right. But I, or how to be a great instructor eventually. 
but man, that was outside my comfort zone. I, I hated public speaking. I hated, you know, I, and so I think it's important to, you know, share that too. I'm sure there are people out there who have thought about whether it's, you know, teaching an outline or doing anything new. Um, it's well, never, it's things- never too late to oh, it know, is try never something too late. else. It really does come down to mindset and what Lizzie and I, you know, always refer to, whether it's with franchisees or, you know, instructors, it's like, we're, we're teaching. It's about mindset, not skill set. Like if you have the mindset and you're ready to like do something, you know, and, and put your all in, like we can, we can get you there, but you know. And it's interesting when, when I was doing the training, one of the very first things that I would speak to the trainees about is finding, and this sounds hokey, but finding your superpower or identifying your superpower. Um, everybody has one, everybody has a gift, something to bring to the table and, um, kind of focusing on that as being an asset and then working on the areas that need work. So for me personally, I would say that, um, my superpower is probably connecting with clients and, and allowing them to feel supported and nurtured. And that's why I really like teaching one-on-one. I feel, I love having that new client in class who you know, maybe has never done a workout in a group setting ever, or is coming back after years of not working out or is postpartum and not feeling great about their bodies. I love taking those clients and watching them progress, you know, through their practice. For others, that may be their musicality or, you know, whatever it is, each of our instructors. And that's one of the things that I really love about Alkaline. I'll just say that too, is that we are not, if you look at our staff, it's not a cookie cutter, you know, operation there. We are all very, very different. We all have sort of a different flair to our classes. And I I think that's really awesome. And going back to that, Erin, like you said, if anybody's listening to this, and even if you've thought about it for just a millisecond, reach out to us and we can, you know, talk to you about whether it's the right timing, the right fit, whatever. We have several people that have said they want to do it someday. And um, I'm here to say that someday you'll, you'll know when the right time is and we can get, but I back. think it's a lot of it is getting over the mom guilt of, well, if I do this for myself, I'm not going to be there 24 seven for my kids. And I'm not there 24 seven. I'm very present and I'm home. You know, I have the flexibility to be home a lot with them. Um, but I'm not always present <laughs> when I'm home and it's, you know what, they're really independent and they, they know that they know how to, you know, make themselves food. They know how to get up and make breakfast. And, you know, they are, I want them to be independent. And when you're there all the time, 100% focusing on them, it's really there's hard. There's that. And there's also that inner critic. And I, I will say that that inner critic challenged me for sure. And she still does. But I think most people have that inner critic. And this actually gives you sort of the forum to, practice dealing with that in a very in the moment way because you know there you are with the headset on and you're looking in the mirror and you've got 18 to 25 people looking for your very next word to guide them into what they're doing and you know you can get into your head pretty quick um, but learning how to shift gears or turn the volume of that inner critic down is I think just such a great growth opportunity for people in general. So I look at the whole process of training and then the process of being an instructor. And 
I'm never, I've always said to you, Aaron, that the day I think I've taught the perfect class is the day I turn in my resignation because I've probably lost my marbles. I'll never teach a perfect class. And I, I'm now okay with that. Like, you know, yeah. some days feel better than others. Um, as long as I feel like I'm bringing my best self to whatever I'm doing, whether I say left when it's right or teach the wrong glute work or can't count on the freaking beat or have a song that has inappropriate limbs, whatever, those things don't matter. It's what, it's how you, um, how clients feel after they leave your class. Yeah. I've often wished we had those. Have you ever been in a place where they the a smiley faces? <laughs> like yes. what was your experience like red being? Well, I've green, actually thought about because the coffee shop locally has one of those, but then my five-year-old just goes up and just pushes the buttons. I'm like, this is not, <laughs> this is not statistically accurate being yeah. with my Six Sigma background. I'm like, this is just messing with the data. I can't have like, I'd rather have no data than data that's inaccurate because I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I want people to walk out feeling better than they did when they walked in. I want my instructors to work, walk out feeling better than they did when they walked Absolutely. in. Absolutely. That's a really... That's a really good point. And I have had, there have been a lot of times where I've been having a tough day, like not feeling like I'm, you know, crushing it at home with the kids, with the husband, just in life. And you can get, I feel like when I get in a, in a, in a rut, um, you know, those times where you're like, I'm just going to like curl up on the couch and, you know, watch reruns of friends or something. <laughs> That's when I actually need to go out. Like the thing that breaks that feeling is actually going out and being with people and my people, some people go to church, some people go like I go to Alkaline. That's my yeah. people. Like that's where I know that if I and I've walked in, I mean you've you've seen this. Like I've walked in and some days just declared like I'm open for hugs. I need hugs. Like someone yeah. give me a hug. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, like it's just nice to go into um a place and, and have your place and have your people. And I, it's like cheers. I, you walk I, in yeah, it's without the beer, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> true. But I, I always leave feeling better than I walked in. And that, I've noticed that with clients too. Like, and when I um, even train our staff, I often say, Hey, people here are really nice. Like we seem to put out to the universe, like the type of like authentic authenticity is so important for me. Um, authentic, people with high integrity and you know whatever we, we we tend to attract what we put out there and um for the most part that's true like we do have some cranky clients but they're all I would say 99.9 percent .9 of the time they're cranky on the way in by the time they leave they they just look freer and lighter like there's something about like the the opportunity to you know the mindfulness the workout like you just leave you don't, music, you don't leave but... like feeling like beat down, like, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to walk tomorrow, right? You leave like, wow, like I'm really more energized. Yeah. yeah, I think there's that, there's that balance between, and I used to feel like that when I ran, I would run to the point where literally like I would get home and like bonk, like I would, and I would feel terrible. I had, you know, stomach issues and, you know, like just like fully my body would break down. And I used to think that was normal or that was the sign of like, oh yeah, I've done something great. And then I realized like, this is, this is punishing. And my body is reacting to that. Yeah. It hurts. It's breaking down. I'm literally can't scrape myself up off the floor. I didn't know there was any other um, way. But well, anyway. it's like balance with anything. I still run and I run almost every day before I come take a class or teach class just because 
for me, that's like a moving meditation. I really enjoy running. And often Jeff and I will run together and that's sort of how we process what our day is going to be like or catch up. And something is cool you can do together. And it's something we can do together. And And you can still do it at the tender age of 29. Yes, exactly. She's actually aging in reverse. That's right. Benjamin Button. Um, No, but that's funny because I was running with Abby last week out at Rancho and we ran Pond Blue for those people who are from here, but it's about four and a half mile run. And She's really speedy and she, you know, took off and, you know, she normally, she's a solo act when it comes to running, but we went out there together. I'm like, no, no, you, you run your own pace. I'll just run mine. I'll meet you back at the car kind of thing. And I'll be honest, as she took off and I was watching her get further and further away from me, there was that inner critic who was beating myself up. And then I, I was like, oh, hold up, sister. You are 56. She is 22. I hope when she's 56, she can still run four and a half miles, right? Like it was a totally different shift in the mindset. It was like, at least I can still do it. And I credit alkaline as being a huge part of that because I have much more balanced strength. Yeah. I'm not as fast as I was when I was running marathons in my forties, but But I'm also a decade. I mean, how many friends do you have that still run or ever ran? Like, yeah, not that many. Yeah. I I don't don't have many friends that still run myself included. I mean, I can run if I want to. I just prefer just doesn't feel that great for me anymore and I'm worried about the long-term impact on my hips and which even now is not so long-term anymore (laughs) could be creeping in on oh come on (laughs) you're a pup let's be real no but the fact that I can still do it and I you know that's awesome it's 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 like so cool for you're to be able to go out and like run with your kids yeah I I want to make it long enough so I still have the energy and the wherewithal to run and ski and play tennis and be like a super active mom i don't want to be broken and like oh my back no that is very very true very true yeah it's been a great journey and something that you know i sometimes think okay how long what is the shelf life for an instructor and not I, I can't put it. It's t- like a Twinkie. It's like a Twinkie. Exactly. <laughs> There's so many preservatives packed in. <laughs> I'm never going to expire. so well preserved. Kathy. So well preserved. Okay. Don't interpret that to mean that I've had a lot of stuff done. I <laughs> she's, haven't. I, she's all natural. All natural. That is true. All right. Let's do some rapid fire. Oh, gosh. This yeah. Me this, is, this is your game. So I know. We're going to get you at your own game. Okay. okay. If you get on an airplane right now, anywhere, go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Uh, Italy. Okay. We're in Italy. Um, probably to a place I haven't been. So Southern Italy, I'd love to go to Positano and then I'd love to go to Croatia. Oh, I really want to go to Croatia too. On my bucket list. It's between there and, you know, do I want a lazy vacation where I'm just sitting on the beach? But I think I'd rather go to Italy. I definitely want to, I've been to Italy, not to Croatia, um, and haven't been to Southern Italy, but I've been to Northern and Tony hasn't been there and I really want to take him. He'd love it. Our kids would love it too. Very kid friendly. Yes. By the way. True. Um, okay. What's your least favorite word? Mm, Least favorite word. Oh, that's a hard one. Really? You don't know your least favorite word? No, I don't. You ask people this question. I know I do. (laughs) Flaccid. Oh God. Aaron's plugging her ears. <gasps> yeah. Um, and that word doesn't come up in, in context very often, but acid. Acid, yeah. That's okay. I, yeah. I don't know if my ears can handle anything yeah. beyond that. 
you don't need to come up with your top 10. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but now that everyone, you know, knows that you can use that in Kathy's company. Don't let as... your band become flaccid. <laughs> okay. I'll start, ah! I'll start to incorporate it. It'll be like, um, what do you call that when you are trying to train somebody to de- desensitize someone? You just keep doing yeah, the which same is thing what my children are doing with my least favorite word. Oh, like they, so pretty soon it's going yeah. to be your favorite word. Yeah. Well, I keep telling him if you want it to, if you want to, bug I mean, do me you like a word, moist brownie? Oh, a moo brownie maybe. But come on, that word is so gross. Yeah, the universally everybody thinks that word is gross. <laughs> but my kids now know it's my least favorite word, so they use it many times a day. And I'm like, it's not going to work. It's going to, yeah. you know, it's just going to wear off um okay if you could invite three people and don't give me like uh you're you know gandhi and yeah favorite dinner no no it can be anyone you can't be like oh i have to say jeff because jeff's my husband like you don't have to invite me because i know i'd be invited anyway (laughs) three people only three dinner yes i mean they'd have to be really dynamic to make it a party so three people okay who would they be um nobody's going to be surprised by this kelly ripa andy cohen um, Oprah. Oprah. Huh. I, I feel like they three would. Well, I know Andy Cohen and Kelly are friends. Yeah. So that'd be good. Um, I was going to say Mark Consuelos, her husband, but he's freaking hot. But, um, no, and Oprah. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd have the, um, the Obamas and Oprah. Oh, Okay, they'd be good too. The three of them, I think, would be together. But then I'd probably feel like an idiot because I wouldn't have that much to contribute. <laughs> oh, I think you would. Intellectually, we'd be at different. different Maybe that's why I chose people in the entertainment field. <laughs> like I'm right there on par with you. Okay, speaking of which, what yeah. is your dream job besides teaching at Alkaline? Oh, being a talk show host. That'd be so good. I thought I would love it. I, that You know, when you talk about recurring dreams, I often have a dream that I'm interviewing somebody super fascinating. And now I get to do that doing these podcasts. Yeah. So dreams do come true. They really do. Yeah. Just like in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Who would your first guest be? Um, hmm, my first guest. I would want somebody who would be witty and like, help carry the conversation versus me trying to pull I feel like Oprah might be a tough interview. Oh yeah. Um so I probably wouldn't have her. Um would it be a comedian? I don't know. Jennifer Aniston would be good. Kelly Ripa would be an easy, I think, conversation to start. Um oh gosh, maybe I'd invite some of the housewives of <laughs> Yeah, now I'm really revealing too much about my taste in television. <laughs> Kathy's trashy oh, talk show. <laughs> seriously. Nobody from The Bachelorette. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. It's funny when you watch um, people interview other, and you can tell it's really uncomfortable and right. awkward. Yes. But... Well, and you know, unlike what we're doing right now, there's always the pre-interview, right? Where yes. you have the list of questions. And I would imagine with some of these folks, there's a long list of do, do not, not ask, ask. Yeah. Which would be the questions that I would most want to ask those people. Yeah. Would you be comfortable asking? The on the, the questions on the like do not the, ask? Yes. Well, no, because I wouldn't want to offend anybody. I'm kind of a rule follower that way. But I might try and get around to something close to that question. You know, yeah. kind of. 
to get more inside scoop. I don't know. I'm kind of an inquiring mind. My kids give me a bad time. Both Jeff and I, if we are out somewhere, if we notice another somebody in a Villanova sweatshirt, we are the first people to run over. Oh my gosh, did you go to Villanova? Our two kids went to Villanova. We talk to everybody and everybody, which sometimes horrifies our children, but sometimes has led to really cool things happening. For instance, we were in Hawaii recently and we were sitting by the pool and there were these two women from, I believe, Oklahoma and they were chatting us up and we told them we were there for a wedding. They were also there for a wedding, but they were leaving that day. And they said, the one woman said, do you like wine? And I said, "Uh, why? Yes, I do. And she said, great. Do you also like beer? And I said, well, I don't, but other people in our party do. They ran up to their place because they were leaving that day and they couldn't take it home and they brought us down. So me being personable ended up with some adult beverages later. So it's pretty good. Never know. That's right. Um, any anything that we don't know about you that you want to share? Anything you would be surprised to know about? Any little me? fun facts about Kathy Purnell? Um, hmm. fun facts. I was a really chubby kid. Really? Yeah, super chubby. Total age. Um, um, through high school. Really? Yeah. I'll have to bring pictures one of these days. Not that what we do has anything to do with looks, but um, talk about having an inner critic. But it is super, like, effective. Like, we have, you know, it is not just good for you. Like, yeah. Anyway, I could bring a picture of myself in junior high that you'd be sort of. So this is interesting. This is part of one of the things I'm kind of exploring as part of my book writing is, um, like, your your identity mm-hmm. right and like what you like my parents always told me I was smart like I was lucky they told me I was smart and they told me I was like beautiful and like they you know gave me a lot of positive you know but it wasn't just like oh you're just that right like there was I felt like I was but a lot of people don't grow up with that right. so if you grow up with an identity like if you're like the chubby kid are you always the like I've um mm. what was that book I um documentary I listened to um called call me fat was an episode of um this american life i think and this woman kind of chronicles it was a couple different people but she talks about like how you know even when she lost weight she still identified with someone yeah you definitely hold on to that by the way i think fat might be one of my least favorite words too unless you're talking about avocados and coconuts if that's yeah that's true um Yeah, I think as a kid, you know, I was the middle and only girl. And I do recall my dad making comments like, oh, my tomato or, you know, like sort of in jest, pointing out the fact that I was a chubby bubba, um, which probably wasn't super helpful. Um, But it also that definitely and I'd be curious to ask my girls this someday but it also sort of informed how I parented them like I never we weren't like a member of the clean plate club we were you know I yeah I didn't um I was a card Abby, I was a card carrying member growing up by the way yeah. I can eat and I still to this day hoover my food like nobody's yeah. business and it's not good like I ask my kids only we do family style instead of being plated and I ask them to take what they're gonna eat yeah, you know like don't waste wise. food right you don't have to like finish everything on your plate because yeah. I, when someone serves you something you're like eat this yeah. meatloaf which by the way I love meatloaf but 
you know, it's, yeah. it's different than, and the competition, like, you know, we've actually started having more conversations at the dinner table and it draws out our time, which is good. Like give people time right. to eat, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it just helped me better parent. Although that's also the one thing that I would go back and do differently when I, in, how, in terms of what I fed my girls when they were little, like Jeff was working so much and, you know, for a time he was working at a startup. And so I always fed the girls before he got home and I would make them one thing and then us a more adult type meal, which meant the kids were eating, you know, macaroni and cheese or chicken nuggets. They were from Trader Joe's. So they were really white meat chicken versus, you know, other crappy varieties of that but still I was definitely catering to more of a kid palate and um it took my girls longer to be more adventurous with food because of that like I would go back and undo that and I would take them to sushi and take them to as instead of taking them to more of a kid friendly yeah that's one of the things that really annoys me about kids menus like when I find a good kids yeah I'm like I can make you pasta at home for 10 cents like why are we going out and ordering that and when they go out because they don't get that kind of stuff at home they want the right the junky stuff but if we can find a place that has salmon or you know really good like grass-fed beef slider i mean they'll eat it and they they will yeah. ask for it when they get the choice of like fries or fruit or fries and veggies they'll i'm always gonna try. take the fries sorry that's um they'll take the fruit that that's another fun fact about me i you like never french met fries. a french fry i didn't like well that's not true i don't like waffle cut fries and i don't <gasps> like curly fries with spice on it Oh, I like both of those better than like, but I don't, you know what I hate? No. Steak fries. Oh, I love steak fries. No. Like, I'm an Irish girl through potato. and through. Give me a potato. No, I like a crispy, like, um, I like those two. Like a, sh- like, almost not like shoestring? a shoestring. That's like a little bit thin for me. Where but, are, um, where have you found the best fries? Um, I don't know. I mean, I still remember these, um, I think it's still there, a place called Harry's on Fillmore had like a burger and fries and they'd have like a happy hour special. But I like those um truffle fries across the street from the studio. Oh yeah, truffle fries. Truffle fries are good. Or like truffle and parmesan. Okay, let's go out and celebrate this podcast and go get some truffle fries. The good news is I feel like I you know, I I feel like I've got a good handle on eating 80-20. Like 80% of the time I eat really clean because I want to live to be 120 to keep teaching. Um, and then 20% of the time I just allow myself to eat my fries. It's about balance people. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Never. Deprived. I've seen you actually come a long way in just your, um, relationship with food with like our nourish program mm-hmm. and which is not about calorie counting, which is something right. that's ingrained in many of us. I um, still will note. In fact, I was just in line at Starbucks today and I said to Abby, as we were ordering our ice cream teas and I said, Wait a second, a green ice tea has 45 calories. And Abby looked at me like I lost my mind. She goes, Mom, first of all, I'm pretty sure that's the one that's sweetened. Like rolling her eyes, like, like Mom, you're gonna pumps of cane gonna, sugar. You're gonna sweat 45 calories. But I thought to myself, I'm pretty sure I know. tea is calorie free. That's not why I choose to drink it. I like it and for all the antioxidants. And there's a little part of you. There that is that is that holdover from a calorie counter. And, and, and a like fat we, counter. I don't totally. I've done I mean, every. Yes, I did the Cambridge diet. What's that? Oh my gosh, that's probably before you were born. But I think I've heard of that. But. After my freshman year in college, just a fun fact, and then we can wrap it up. Now people are going to view me in a whole different way. But after my freshman year in college, I came home 
And my brother actually picked me up and drove me home from University of Pacific in Stockton and looked at me in his nicest way and said, oh my God, who ate you? Or who did you eat? (laughs) He was like, I weighed more after my freshman year in college than I did full-term delivery with my first job. All right. Riddle me that. Like that was, anyway, ate my feelings for sure. That line and whatever, Four Christmases, Reese Witherspoon, which by the way, I'd like to interview her too. Anyway, I must have been eating my feelings in college. So the Cambridge. Oh, so then I did Cambridge diet, which essentially was a liquid diet. Do not recommend or endorse. I'm hoping they're out of business, but I did this liquid diet and lost so much weight that when I went to see my doctor, he said, if you don't stop doing this right now and you don't gain some weight, I'm slamming you in the hospital. So I have that, you know, I've had to learn how to moderate because I can do extremes. Yeah. The extremes are not sustainable. No. And they're not good for your body. Like, yeah. let's be real. And if you're someone who um, is like on and off and on and off, that's bad too. Like really oh. the, the proven way to do it is to adopt better lifestyle habits and have more of that, you know, 80, 20 versus the hundred zero, which right. is, you know, all or nothing. And I think when you deprive yourself of anything, you only want it more. And then when you have it, you go like, and then you All just in. have a funky relationship with food in general. F- food should be medicine. Food Fuel. should not be punishment or lack of food being punishment. So anyway, as we age, we become wiser. When you know better, you do you better. Do better. Yep. That is true. That and is true. I talk to my kids about that all the time. Like I definitely, I mean, I've made movement and nutrition my career. I mean, I study yeah. this stuff. I live it. I breathe it. I must read. A million, you know, I probably read on average probably four articles a day on something related to, you know, health yeah. and fitness. Like I've attacked this like I well, like, like any other, yeah. yeah, like any other person does their profession. I want to be really good at it and really knowledgeable and I'm living it and testing it, you know, in my own body. And I've had a lot of challenges with that. Um, but I tell my kids stories about well, when I was growing up, dot, dot, dot. Oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, you didn't wear sunscreen or you ate, you know, hostess like cupcakes or (laughs) whatever, whatever it is. And, um, well, you know, it's like, there's, it's no fault of my parents or, you know, they just, they didn't know what I like. And I don't fault other, you know, other people for feeding their kids. You know, I've, I've made this my life. And so I do what I do, not in, you know, in judgment of others, but to really protect my kids and try to give them and their microbiome the best start yes. given I had C-sections. And so now I've compromised their microbiome because they didn't pass with the birth canal. And don't worry, I haven't overthought it or anything. I've but, never heard um, that, but wow. Okay. Oh yeah. If I had known what I knew now, when Ella was born, I would have had the swab and where they pass the maternal bacteria to the child. Yes. Wow. That's a thing, Kathy. Wow. Wow. But anyway, yeah. Point being, when you know better, you do better. And I, you know, yeah. When I know better, I try to also pass that along to, um, you know, those around me, whether yeah, it's alkaline totally. or my kids. In a, and it's hard to do that and not feel like you're pushing something. I just really truly want what's best for people. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're ready to receive that and sometimes they're not. So that's, I'm working on that. Myself. And it's just a great example. I, I think looking back, you know, I can. I can see um, the different chapters in my life and 
you know, where one chapter served the, you know, served me into the next chapter. And, you know, looking back, you can, you can see all kinds of things that I could have, would have, should have. But well, I, when, let's look at it a different way. What, what are you, you know, most proud of or what has, you know, what's your, what's your high of life to talk about like the highs, the lows and the, I would what say, are you most, like, yeah, I crushed it. I would not have changed anything. Um, hmm. I think, I think I wouldn't change anything. Um, and I think I have the ability to, it was funny. I remember when I was first teaching and I was so caught up in trying to do everything so perfectly and I wasn't clearly not doing things perfectly. And Megan Friedsum said to me, what if you just cared a little less? And that sort of became my mantra for the rest of my training. That doesn't mean that I wasn't going to put in the work but I cared so much less about being perfect. And now that's like my 100% mantra. You for know, everything? For everything. Yeah. You know, perfect is unattainable. And, you know, as long as I wake up every day and make the commitment to myself and those around me that I'm just going to do the best I can that day, it's good enough. I'm real raw and human. The alkaline way. That's right. Real and sometimes that means I tell really inappropriate stories in oh. all my class. And <laughs> sometimes I can get through a whole class and be relatively mature. <laughs> Just depends on the day. That's what makes you special, Kathy. Well, Everyone has their superpower. And your comedy is like right up there. At the <laughs> I'm not sure everyone would agree, but thanks, Erin. <laughs> I find your classes to be very entertaining and just, you well, know. Well, I, I hope it's the bright spot in people's day or a bright spot. Yeah, that's the beauty the of it, right? Like yeah. to be able to be the best part of someone's day. How many people get to do that? Right. That's true. I mean, if you're someone's like accountant or unless you're getting them like some giant tax refund or you're someone's like. OBGYN. Or dentist. dentist or, you're yeah, like, you're probably not like the you're best not, part of You're not day. like delivering the best news for them, right? Like we are really the. Um, you know, like the height, the thing that people are choosing to do with their precious time, which true. Is, is the most priceless commodity. So true. They are choosing you and I will continue to choose you. Well, thank you. Every as my, a podcast partner and my friend and, um, yeah, it was well, fun. Thank you. Fun chatting. And I look forward to being on the other side of the mic with you again soon. Yes. And if, um, you guys know of any you know, good guests for our podcast or any of those aforementioned people that can come to <laughs> Kathy. She's a very good cook, so they'd probably want to be invited for sure. a dinner party. Absolutely. Um, let us know. It's Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y at alkalinestudios.com. Thanks. Thank you for joining another episode of Alkaline Unplugged. As a reminder, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening. Comments, feedback, and requests or suggestions for future guests can be emailed to info at alkalinestudios.com. We look forward to hearing from you.